Welcome to Hillside Community Church's weekly podcast. We're glad that you've chosen to listen to this week's message and hope that it ministers to you today. Hillside's located in Keller, Texas, and if you would like to know more about us or to listen to previous recordings, please visit us at yourhillside.com. And now, this week's message. Well, good morning. Please, just give me a minute. Abba, I love you, and I thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I thank you for your grace in my life. I thank you for your mercy in my life. I thank you for all that you've done and all that you do and all that you will do in my life. I thank you for the restoration of marriage in my wife. I thank you for the restoration of the relationship with my children. I thank you for all that you have done, and I know that based on where I was, there was no way it was possible for me to do it myself. Your word is true, and what you say is true. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and written in your book were all the days ordained for me, when as of yet there were one of them, because three years ago I didn't even know that this place that you brought me to even existed, and your goodness is overwhelming for me. I thank you today as we proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we might present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works in me. Maybe you be glorified in what you see and hear today. Amen. So, thank you. So what if I told you that anger really destroys relationships? And if you have experienced anger, whether it be an angry parent, an angry friend, yourself being angry, then you would probably say that's true. So what if I told you that over this past week or so, um, we asked permission to have video cameras put in some people's cars and at home? What would you think about that? And if we were to play it, Cody, we can play those videos now or should we wait till later? What if I told you that was true? Do you feel convicted now that possibly there are some things that you say and do that demonstrates what angry an angry heart really looks like? Well, I'm going to uh, do this, and believe me, I waited three years to get up here for this job right here. And I got some things too, so I got like three slides and a drawing. An angry heart. And if I told you that I had an angry heart and you said, oh, okay, and we just moved on, that would truly be a disservice to you. And it would not bring the glory that God deserves for transforming an angry heart and garbage can man like me. Believe that. That's true. 
So I wanted to make absolutely sure that you understood it before I did it so that that way you don't get offended by any means. But if you do, then I guess that's kind of what I say to my kids. The shoe fits, wear it. I'm just saying, if it don't fit, don't worry about it. But I'm going to ask each and every one of you for forgiveness. Because I'm going to direct it toward you so that you can see what it looks like. Because if you do this, you're not the recipient of it. So you don't know what it looks like when it comes your way. But if I did it like this you wouldn't see the impact it really has on the life that is that way. And you may have friends, and there may be other people, believers and non-believers alike, that have an angry heart. And you're going to see what God says about what angry hearts do and how the impact it has. So I want you to know that I'm doing it this way so that you can see. And... It was really difficult this week because really what it requires you to do is it needs you to go backwards in your life to look at the things. But Scripture tells us that's okay too because we're supposed to remember the wonders of old of what he does in our lives. So even in the midst of thinking of how I treated my spouse and how I treated my children and how I was angry at myself for the things I should have done and I didn't do, I thought about deliverance, and I thought about freedom, and it reminded me of the good things that God has done in my life. So I was able just to look at it and dabble in there for a little while, just to prepare enough for you so that you could really see and be joyful and thankful that God is still working in the lives of his people. So we all good with that? All right. I was sexually abused for several years as a youth, and it created a tremendous amount of bitterness and hatred in my heart. And I guess with that and having that, that's what created this angry person who just wanted to kill the people who did this to me. They have got to pay. And by gosh, they're going to pay. One of these days, I'm going to get every single one of them. And you know, as time goes on and opportunities come, and, and, and by the grace of God, in two circumstances at least, had I went ahead, you would not see me here today. So there is the work of God. Because the first situation was finally an encounter with them. Finally. Alcohol's involved, so you know there's now a little more courage to go ahead and dredge up this, this pain that I've experienced, and the opportunity presented itself. And then, ironically, it was a reunion too. So it was, it was really playing out to a perfect opportunity to confront them now one-on-one. -on -one. And now I'm a grown man, and I surely can defend myself. Believe that, it's true. And the opportunity came. And here we are at the end of the evening, and we're sitting in a hotel room, and we're just kind of having dialogue, and all of a sudden it was time. 
It's time now for you and I to have a conversation that we should have had a long time ago. And you and I need to talk about this right now. And immediately I could see in his face, he knew exactly what I was addressing. And when he started to use excuses and try to work his way out of this difficult situation, because there's no way out for him, only one. I'm going to kill you today. And when he made the excuse, I was on him. I had my hands around his neck, and I'm going to choke you to death. But the grace of God. And I thought, you know, I ought to jump out this window and let you live with this the rest of your life. But I let him up. And I sat there. He had to leave. Because I thought about my wife and my little girl. And if I had jumped out that window, then what would I have done to them? They didn't deserve that. But I'm dealing with it myself. The second one was a perfect opportunity. Again, one-on-one. Saddest part, though, Wife is standing right over here. And I said, okay, doing some work. That's why I got it. I didn't go with it, so it wasn't premeditated. It kind of just happened. So I think then legally that'd be manslaughter versus murder because I didn't go pick it up and bring it with me. I just had it. And he came. And he did not hold up to his end of the commitment So I had the hammer, and I said, you take one more step, and I'll bury this hammer in your head. And I think when he looked at me, I think he believed me, and he should have believed me, because I was going to bury this hammer in his head. And I didn't care about the consequences. And this person up here, who's looking down going, I wonder who I married. My goodness. David. So, of course, what do you think that created in me more? More anger. Because I made a commitment to myself that they were going to pay, and then they didn't pay. So here I am dealing with this stuff again constantly, and it's just driving me crazy. For over 30 years, I carried this. Kids in the car. You need to quit quiet back there or I'll skin you alive. Spouse, why don't you understand how hard I work? You have all of this because of me. You need to shut up and sit down and listen to me. Everything I say is important. How could God do this to me? I'm angry at him as well. So I would hope I wouldn't have to go any further and show you that's where I was living. And you may not be living there, but if you're living anywhere in there, beginning to end, wherever that may be, then only Christ can change that heart. I brought this as a nice little instrument. You can go to any prison 
in the United States and say, hey, man, what happened? You dudes were buds. You were boys. Why, why are you in here? Man, he made me mad, man. So I killed him because I just couldn't control myself. Part of what we talk about and what we are is what we needed to do. And 13 years ago, the Lord saved me. Praise God for that. And I know the ones that live with me every single day were quite thankful of that. Because there is a changed heart. I learned that I had to forgive only because everything I did to him was so much more in sinfulness and offenses than anybody could have ever done to me. And once I understood his forgiveness, and that if I don't forgive others, you don't forgive me, then, oh, I'm supposed to forgive these people for this? I don't understand that. Because I couldn't get the concept of what forgiveness was really about until salvation came to me. And so 13 years ago, oh, where can I have that other screen with the four deals on it real quick? There it is. Well, it's up there, and I just want to talk about these, and then we can go back to this screen, Cody, if that'd be okay. Money, sex, power, anger. I have all four of those. And then I saw the lines underneath, and I thought that was 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, because I have that plus some. So I needed forgiveness. It wasn't about what they did. It was about who I was and how I am. And so, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and the new has come. So therefore, there's new life in Christ. I would be able to understand more about what God can do in the life of a man. So this became one of the passages, even though on a very simplistic level, it's this. This you know. And I thought, well, the only way you know it is you've got to put it in there. If you don't put it in there, you don't really know. Everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of a man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And even though if you go theological and that would be Pete's job, I'll leave that to him to deal into this theologically, but from a very simplistic standpoint, I needed to know it, so I had to read it in in order for me to understand it. And then this was action. I needed to take action because if I took action, then I would be doing this versus this. And then maybe I might be able to understand more about what the circumstance is more than what God is going to do to help me utilize this circumstance and bring forth the gospel. Because that's really what it's really all about. 
and does not achieve. I mean, you either achieve it or you don't. I don't think there's any gray area with God. Sheep or goat, blind or see, deaf or hearing, lame or walking, does not, does not. So this cannot be a constant part of my life anymore. So I had to saturate my mind. So I want to read you a passage of Scripture that became very apparent to me that he understood exactly what it was. And even though it happened, it has happened because I'm not the oldest guy and I'm not the youngest guy. So that means that there's an opportunity for me to minister and disciple others who may experience this now. How do I see that as a good thing? But only because of what God is doing can I see the good in everything that may have happened so that I can help them find Christ. That would be it. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing as far as the vision of the soul and spirit, both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart, and there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare before him whom we have to do. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. So what I thought was the best thing to do because it was a desire created in me to kind of, this is my third Bible, by the way, and now I have a case because the other one gets so beat up. But I've been through three now in 13 years because if you're constantly in it, somebody said dirty pages, clean heart, clean pages, dirty heart, some kind of thing like that. And so, you know, I'm figuring if there's life here, then I need to delve into this. So what I have is I have verses that are constantly there for me. Safety. If you have a safety issue, David, then you have the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and is safe. One of my favorites is meditating. How blessed is a man that does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and his leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. And it goes on. Your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. No temptation shall overtake you such as common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but would provide a way of escape also, a way. Christ is the way. Safety, Jesus, Christ, that's the way out. So when those situations come, and I had one shortly right after that, that caused me to want to go to anger, and in reality, 
It was I had to focus on Christ because if I don't focus on him, this thing gets out of control and becomes very dangerous. So as I wrap up here a little bit, when we come to Christ, he cleans our slate. We learn a few things about him, and we have a bit in there. But that word just is inside, and it's really not doing very much in there except moving. And then what happens is, is the more we immerse ourselves in his word, the more that we saturate our mind, what happens is, is the word of Christ is in us, and all of a sudden, that word is just oozing out of us. And there are opportunities by which we have a chance simply as, hey, what a good day. It's a great day. Hey, you know, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, wow, that could lead to a spiritual conversation. What do you mean by that? Because we have multiple opportunities every single day to look for the goodness of God in our lives. So, everything he says is true. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I would tell you, whatever it may be on our four things up there, wherever they are, wherever they are up there, sex, money, power, anger, and then we can put all the other ones on there. If you have those, any of those, or others, then the word of Christ transforms the life. And I'm here to tell you that. So as I conclude right here, I want to read the word of God over you. So I will ask if any of you, I read it over myself this morning as I prepared, I want to I read something over you. So if you have any of the four that we've had this four weeks, or any others that are controlling your life and your treasure is not Christ, please stand. I will read over you, and we will conclude. Listen to God's word. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. 
Do not lie to one another since you have laid aside the old self and its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave and free man, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all things put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I was passed this paper last night and said this would be a good thing for you to read. Only God can turn a mess into a message, a test into a testimony, a trial into a triumph, and a victim into a victory. Praise God. Thank you for your time today.